This is Live Well Talk on Dry Needling. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. St. Luke's Therapy Plus is marking its 25th year of service. One of the ways they are honoring this anniversary is by looking at how far they've come with new techniques, technologies, and therapies. One of the newer treatments is called dry needling. Join us to talk about what it is today is Nick Warnicky, St. Luke's Therapy Plus Senior Physical Therapist. Thanks for having me this morning. Is there such thing as a junior physical therapist? No, there's not actually. Okay. You, just, you stick around long enough and you just get old. Yeah. And they just, <laughs> okay. Just want to get that out there right away. Yeah. You, you, you know, Nick, I remember when you went off to get the training about this and uh, have some knowledge of this situation, but what what is dry needling? So dry needling, I guess if we step back a little bit, you have to know what we're treating to talk a little bit about what dry needling actually is. So, so we're going to talk a little bit about trigger points. Um, if anybody's ever had a cramp like, in their calf, they know exactly how uncomfortable and how painful that is. A trigger point is really a small scale cramp. So instead of the whole muscle contracting and being really painful, it's just a small bundle of muscle fibers, but it still generates a lot of pain. So the trigger points are those things that you find oftentimes in your neck and your shoulders, those knots or those tight bands. And dry needling, we use a technique where we just take a, a small filament needle and we insert it into the muscle to help facilitate that thing to just relax a little bit. And that's how people get pain relief. Yeah, I, I, I remember, I think the study was in the late 80s, maybe early 90s, where they found that the they injected the corticosteroid versus just making the puncture with the needle, and they had the same outcomes. Mm -hmm. And that kind of started this. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to describe it as it's kind of a control-alt-delete for the, uh, you know, when your computer locks up, it's kind of for the muscle. This is kind of that control-alt-delete. That's, that's a great example. You know, it helps it reset. I always love the patient that has like piercings everywhere, tattoos, head to toe. And then the first thing they say to me is, I'm scared of needles. Mm -hmm. and, you, know, you know, I love that patient. But people are afraid of needles. It's a real phobia. Mm -hmm. What can you, how big are the needles? What are some of the complications? What, what should a patient be afraid of? Sure. Well, it's one thing to, I'm, I'm not super excited about needles myself. I wasn't very excited to go get the training in the first place. But getting certified in dry needling, I was poked from my face to my feet. And I promise you, if I can handle it, anybody can handle it. The needles are really thin. So they look like they're, they're I think, 30 gauge. And, you know, the, the practitioner in me doesn't know like needle gauge sizes. It's a, it's a third of a millimeter in diameter. Um, it's really tiny. It looks like a little piece of hair, frankly. So mo it is kind of uncomfortable. I won't pull any punches. Dry needling is a little bit painful. But most people don't feel that needle prick like they're going to go get their blood drawn. It's just a different size needle. Yeah. So it, it, 30 gauge is pretty small. Yes. I mean, uh, someone as myself that takes insulin, uh, 30 gauge is small. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you get down to about 27, 25. You can feel that right away. Mm -hmm. um, but 30 gauge is relatively small. I would say true. most of the time people do not feel that needle insertion every time we do the needling yeah. process. What happens when we get the needle into the muscle is there's a spinal cord reflex that kicks in and that, that trigger point will contract. And that feels like a little cramp. That's the uncomfortable part about dry needling. It's really brief. It lasts for a second or two and then it goes away. Hmm. Um, but I think the folks that come in that imagine they're going to be just pricked and pricked and pricked and pricked. And that's, that's, that's not what happens. Now, we've had Dr. Lorenzini on about acupuncture uh, as a previous podcast. What differentiate for me, what is the difference between dry needling and acupuncture? Sure. And I think the, what we're needling for is the primary difference. And I'm no expert on acupuncture either, but I would say just to overgeneralize a little bit, most acupuncturists have a, like an Eastern medicine or a, a different target. So we are trying to needle 
trigger points. We're trying to get trigger points to relax. And we're not needling along meridians or, or ashi points or things like that that I'm not super familiar with. Um, so the theory is a little bit different. I think another big difference is kind of the process. Um, most people that I talk to that have experience with acupuncture, the needle's left in the skin for a really long time. It's, right. it's not uncommon right. yeah. to have several needles in one area and you know the clinician will walk away for a few minutes and try to just let the patient relax. And that's, you know, we're not doing that in dry needling. I, I just have one needle at a time. We're treating one localized spot and it's it's less than a minute or two. And, and the, the, the needle uh, that you use, that's a single use and it's disposed or Correct. are they sterile? They're Correct. single use. They're single use. Yep. Yep. We're not reusing any needles or anything like that. And complications? Complications really low. So the two big things that I see any kind of regularity with, soreness. Everybody gets sore. I think 95% of people that I talk to that I've needled tell me they get sore. And the 5% that tell me they don't, I think are liars. <laughs> yeah. But it's all, it should be really mild. It's going to feel like you've gone and done some exercise and you have that typical you know, muscle soreness. That lasts usually for 24 to 48 hours. Most people will still wake up the next day feeling kind of sore and it gradually will improve by the next day. The other complication I see is sometimes bruising. So they say 5% of the time people will, will find a bruise. 5% is one in every 20 pokes, give or take. And I generally don't poke people that many times in, in one visit. Uh, so r- rarely do we notice any, any bruising. Well, that leads to the next question. How many times do you... So I come in, I got neck spasm, let's say, trapezius, mid up back. How, how many pokes would I get? So the first time I, I treat anybody with dry needling in the clinic, we're we're going to go really light on the first day regardless. One, it's a, you know, it's it's just a process to see how you tolerate it and what your response is like. So I will probably pick the two or three or four spots I feel like is going to help you the most. And that, that's it. So generally it takes less than five minutes. It's just a small part of everything else that we're doing um, in terms of your treatment plan. Beyond that, if you have a positive response and you tolerate the needling process well, we can always do more, but rarely would I probably needle anybody more than eight or 10 times in one visit. I think that's important to stress uh, that it's, it's part, it's a, it's an element of a treatment plan, not the treatment plan, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you assess exactly. the patient like you do. So I'm still a physical therapist. I think some people look at me like I'm just the, the weird needling guy and I'm still a PT. Dry needling is just part of what You're we do. You're a senior though. physical oh, therapist. Senior. <laughs> yeah, let's not <laughs> Don't forget, forget that. that part. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a small part of the process, though. Just like if we were to use like a TENS treatment or any other kind of modality, dry needling is a modality to help get people some pain relief so that, you know, the strengthening and the, the flexibility stuff that we also work on is more effective. That's the idea. Myself as a team physician for football, what's the experience of sports medicine? Um, I think it can have really outstanding outcomes. Typically, I don't I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend dry needling somebody just in the acute phase of an injury. Oftentimes, those those issues with muscle tone will will kind of resolve on their own or with okay. some other conservative treatments like stretching or ice or heat. Um, but anything that's that's longer lasting that stretching is not effective for, um, absolutely, dry needling can be really helpful. So I'll keep that in the back of my mind. So how, how do I, if I'm a patient, I, I just, my physician would refer me to physical therapy Correct. for my particular ailment, let's just say back pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would determine if dry needling is appropriate for that patient. Not necessarily, as a physician, I don't have to say, okay, because we, we, we set it up that you would make that decision. And 
I'd be the physical therapist to see and treat, correct? Correct. Okay. So correct. I just need to get a referral for my physician. That's it. And the, the biggest reason that we need the referral for is just to be able to send it to your health insurance. Right. Um, right. That's why we get referrals for everything else already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we yeah. just want to make sure that dry needling is a part of the, the, the process. It's new enough that there are some physicians out there that really don't know much about it. So we like to tell your doctor, hey, this is going to be part of our plan. Are you okay with that? Uh, so we ask for a referral that's specific for dry needling. Um, but after that, the first day you come in, your therapist will, will do a little screening. So there are some reasons that we would not want to dry needle, some contraindications. We'll go through all that stuff on the first visit and make sure that you're a good candidate. And then that's all it takes. Blood, blood thinners? Uh, blood thinners. Is that a contraindication? Or? Uh, relatively, relatively. I think some of the deeper you know, muscles that, we, uh, that are hard to get to with your hands, I think of some muscles around the hip or the back. I probably would not dry needle that on, for somebody that's taking blood thinners. Everything else you know, that we can put some pressure on. I, I would feel comfortable still dry needling that. But people that really have, you know, bleeding disorders or... Um, certain, still, that's pretty small gauge that. Very small. I mean, yes. it's a lot smaller than a lumbar puncture needle. And I, I would have no hesitation about doing an LP on a patient if they need it, even if they're on Coumadin. Yeah. So most of the time, it's a conversation with the patient. Yeah. Are you, you know, here, here is the risk. Are you comfortable with that? And then we just kind of make a decision together. Yeah. Pretty small risk. Yes. Well, that, this has been great information. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nick. This has been great information. Again, that was Nick Wernicke, Senior Physical Therapist with St. Luke's Therapy Plus. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.